Hey, it's Flaves, and this is Climate Changers, a podcast where we celebrate the heroes who are on the front lines of creating a new and sustainable resource and energy economy. Today, my guest is Victoria Bruner, founder and CEO of Fatty Bikes in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Victoria. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me. First, congratulations for recently winning Denver's Outstanding Woman in Business Award. Um, that's, that's a real honor. Yes. As the first woman minority CEO of an electric mobility company in the U.S., why do you think this is a good time for women to be running sustainability and clean energy companies? It's kind of where the world is moving. And I think, at least from my perspective as a woman, we uh, have an innate sense to heal the earth. Not to say that not everybody wants that, but you know, I think women have an innate sense that they want to heal and make things better for their children. And I think you're seeing uh, women lead the charge in the sustainability movement because there's just so much opportunity. And it's something that for me, at least personally, is important that I do, everything I do has to have purpose. And so, you know, I can't just go to a nine to five job without feeling like something that I'm doing is making a difference in the world. And I think you're starting to see other women kind of respond to that and want to do, uh, want to create businesses that are gonna create change as well. When people think of electric mobility, they generally think of electric cars. Why did you decide to focus instead on e-bikes? The world's most widely sold electric vehicle is not electric cars, but actually electric bikes. Uh, little known fact. So electric bikes are definitely leading the charge when it comes to electric vehicles. We like to call them LEVs, which stands for light electric vehicles. So they're, they're definitely leading all LEVs whether it be scooters, one wheels, um, but electric bikes are definitely, they're the most accessible. Electric cars are also very expensive. Not a lot of people can afford them. So a much wider range and a much bigger audience can afford electric bikes. And to be honest, in my personal opinion, uh, electric bikes are a lot more fun. You have a sense of adventure everywhere you go. You can cut across town. You can get across the city faster during rush hour or even non-rush hour times. So I think electric bikes are just one of the most versatile electric vehicles out there. And I agree that bikes are a lot more fun. What do you see as the role of bikes and, and the other forms of micromobility in the overall energy transformation? Electric bikes in terms of transportation, again, are what's going to create cities that are more human-centered, people-centered, and less car-centered and automobile-centered. So I think in terms of the transportation world, electric bikes will really help to transform the way we commute and get around and help cities to kind of transition to cleaner energy when it comes to uh, gas powered vehicles. And then what specifically makes Fatty Bikes different from all of the other brands that are out there? Well, um, we are one of the only companies to actually build our bikes in the USA. And of course, we are, as I, I'm going to guess, we're probably the only woman-led electric bike company in the entire country, if not this side of the hemisphere. Those are the two big differences. And because we build our bikes in the U.S., that means we're building a higher quality electric bike. And that also allows us to actually customize our bikes to meet the needs of different audiences, whether it's a commuter whether it's a fleet to a government organization, there's a lot of things that we can do to make our bikes meet the needs of the specific consumer or customer. 
And when you look at those differences, how do you reflect them in the branding? And why did you choose Fatty as your brand identity? Fatty Bikes is a great name. It's an edgy name, as some people would say. And it stands for Fat Tire Electric Bikes. We put fat tires on every single model. We have five models now. And the reason we do that is we didn't want to design an electric bike that you had to hang up a few months of the year for a little bad weather. Fat tires are all-terrain, all-weather tires. So snow, dirt, grass, sand, you name it, they do great on all types of terrain. And you mentioned earlier that you are one of, I think, two companies that actually builds your bikes in the USA. Why did you decide to build your bikes in the USA? Well, the way we do it is not easy, but it's the right, it's the right way to do it. And the reason I say that is most companies, 99% of electric bike companies are kind of white label. We like to say white label companies because they're kind of calling China and having them just ship a bunch of bikes to them and then they slap their label on it. Uh, so it's all done overseas on an assembly line. Whereas we are building them here with one single mechanic who's a, what I like to say a master craftsman at his art. And he's building one bike from the ground, up, not on an assembly line. And so, you know, it's kind of like a gourmet chef and a home cook chef. You can give them the same ingredients, but you're going to have a completely different meal. So that's the way I feel about our bikes. They may look somewhat similar to other e-bike companies, but they're not. They're, they're built with love and care and, and the highest quality possible. And then with that as context, how can listeners purchase and customize their fatty bike? So we have a very cool website that you can customize all types of colors. So because we powder coat paint our own bikes, we're actually one of the only e-bike companies to also powder coat paint our own bikes. And we do that in-house. We have all types of colors that we can do. And, and trust me, some people have some crazy combinations that they come up with. You can customize any of your models, everything from your seats to your grips, your colors, uh, and all sorts of other things, uh, all types of components and everything else. So that website is fattybikes.com, F-A-T-T-E, bikes, B-I-K-E-S. So um, yeah, you can go to that website, or if you live in the Denver Front Range area, we definitely love to have people kind of come in, visit our showroom, and then they can, if you know, if they're nice to us, they can kind of peek behind the curtain and see where the magic happens, where we're actually building and painting our bikes uh, in our factory. Well, having visited the showroom myself, I, I definitely recommend that to anybody who's listening and is in a geographically appropriate area. But as you mentioned earlier, you don't just sell individual bikes. You've had a lot of success with fleet sales. Could you talk a little bit about that channel? Correct. And that's definitely an area that we're, ten we're growing in right now. Um, so we've sold uh, fleets to everything, everybody from Colorado Department of Transportation, CDOT, to um, law enforcement and parking enforcement organizations, uh, to cities, uh, I would say low-income e-bike libraries. So the city of Denver a few years ago bought almost 60 bikes from us, and those were to be used in low-income neighborhoods where um, people couldn't afford an e-bike on their own, but they could rent an e-bike for a few days or a week or a couple weeks. And then recently, the city of LA, we just sent 30 bikes to, and they're kind of doing a similar model as Denver, um, and they're shipping those bikes uh, to be used in low-income uh, neighborhoods such as Watts and Compton. Just, those are just some of the areas that, uh, you know, in terms of government, city, state, and federal level, that we're seeing a lot of opportunity, as well as we've sent our e-bikes to uh, resorts. 
uh, around, you know, in Central America, such as Belize and Costa Rica, hotels, all types of places. So, you know, the sky's the limit when it comes to both government and uh, businesses in terms of uh, what they can do with their e-bikes. So w- what they can do with getting e-bikes for their employees or for their projects. And you also have sold to the Department of Defense. What did that deal look like? So that was an interesting uh, opportunity. We were approached by a group that kind of is a broker to the Department of Defense for all things, everything from uh, billiard tables to chairs. Uh, And they were looking for an electric bike company uh, to provide e-bikes to military bases around the world, not for tactical use, but just for the families that live on base and want to get outdoors more and enjoy you know, the surroundings of the different bases. And we're talking like bases like Hawaii, Guam, really lovely places. So they found us. They were really excited about that fact that we were built in the USA. And so recently we uh, just brokered a deal to send uh, 60 bikes to seven bases around the world, including Hawaii, Guam, Korea, and Japan. Um, and that was uh, one of our bigger deals. And it's really exciting because there's a lot more opportunity we see within the Department of Defense for different bases and for different needs. And so I think there's huge opportunity within the federal government as a whole to work with them because I think electric bikes are so versatile in what they can provide for different use use scenarios. You also have a vision for your bikes to be data-driven. What does that mean? So that's kind of the next evolution or the next phase of fatty bikes. Our bikes already come with a very cooled colored LCD that kind of tells you how far you've gone, like an odometer on a car, and then basic basic stuff as, such as how much battery power you have left. But the next level is really a smarter um, app on your phone that's connected to your e-bike, and that can tell you everything from your health information, such as you know how many calories or you've burned or your heart rate, to um, you know tracking where you've gone on your trips, to um, something even cooler, which is how much carbon have you saved by not driving your car, gas you saved by not driving your car. And, you know, de- kind of we're moving to this decarbonization economy and the concept that people could get paid uh, to ride their e-bike or their electric vehicle so that they're keeping carbon out of the air. Um, and, you know, they might make a few dollars a month. You know, they're not going to get rich doing it, but they might make enough to buy a cup of coffee once a month for riding their e-bike. So it's pretty cool that you could be riding your e-bike and getting paid for it. So you'll actually be rewarding riders with carbon offsets. That's the idea. And it's not a far-fetched idea. It's actually uh, becoming a reality in a lot of different industry sectors. So we we see that as the next step for electric bikes and specifically for fatty bikes, since we're kind of on the edge of doing this. And as far as I know, there's not really many many other e-bike companies that are really looking at this at all. That's super innovative. And I understand that you also have an ESG score. What does that mean for your business? We are currently working on an ESG score. Um, and, you know, it's trying to kind of a deep dive into our company, whether it be envir- environmental, social, or governance. Um, we are a small company still, so um, it's a pretty quick dive, but I think it's where every the industry needs to move as well. E-bikes in and of themselves are obviously a great thing in terms of for the environment, but there's a lot more we can do uh, at the environmental, social, and governance level within each of our businesses. So I think that's the process we've been we've started this year and we hope to uh, wrap it up by the end of this year and have a full on ESG report and score by the end of this year. 
And then obviously for bike riders to have a built environment, cities need to be involved. So what's the future of smart cities and what do you see as the role of city planning in the micromobility revolution? Yes. So going back to the smarter bikes that we're creating, uh, one of the biggest things that when we've talked to city and urban planners is their desire to understand or need data on riders and where they're going and how they're using the roads. Because you can't have, you can't just throw a lot of electric vehicles on the road like scooters and e-bikes and hope that people will, will use them. They won't use them if they don't feel like their infrastructure is safe as well. So cities are starting to try to implement bike lanes and bike paths and, and all sorts of stuff, but they can't do that if they don't have real-time data or they'll put in lanes that nobody's going to use if it's not the way that people normally would go on their rides. So, you know, some of the things that we're talking about with the smarter bike is having data that feeds to the cities to kind of let them know how riders are using their bikes in their day-to-day -day life. And what makes you optimistic about the future? I think, you know, everybody on your podcast that you've probably brought on is kind of working in this movement. So we're, it's slowly... It takes a village and you're starting to see it around the world. I think people are responding. I think the next generation are much more active than I've ever seen past generations. And I think people are responding to, you know, the needs of the, the world and trying to make their own little change in their own little pockets of the world. So, you know, that does give me, I'm, I'm, I'm an eternal pessimist, but I'm optimistic with what I'm seeing in the sustainability movement. And so I think we really still have the power to kind of turn the ship around and really make change for both our local communities and also at a worldwide level. Well, Victoria, thank you for your work to use entrepreneurship to change transportation and make it more sustainable and help fight climate change. And thank you for joining this episode of Climate Changers. Thanks so much for having me, Ryan. Every episode of Climate Changers has a call to action posted in the show notes. Each call to action has been curated to make it easy for you to help create the changes that we discussed today. Thank you for joining Climate Changers. Until next time.